Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make Him known. The New Testament lesson for today is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. This can be found on page 1195 of your Pew Bible. The author of Hebrews reflects on a long list of faithful people described in Scripture who did not consider the earth to be their true home. Instead, they believed God's promises and placed their hope in the kingdom to come. A reading from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with the 13th verse. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which thence they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Often, I think about those people who've gone before us, the members of Stanwich Church, who ran their leg of the race before we came along. This congregation is nearly 300 years old. It was founded in 1731, one year before George Washington was born. Isn't that amazing? This institution we belong to, this congregation, is older than the country in which we are citizens. I think about all those people who ran their leg of the race, 300 years worth of people. And I think of that scripture from Hebrews chapter 12 when it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race marked for us. All those who've gone before us have something to say to us. I was running one morning in the spring of 2018, literally running, jogging down to Connick Road. And that was the year when Pastor Chuck Davis, the previous senior pastor, had announced that he would be moving on to another ministry. And I had to inquire of the Lord. I had to ask God through discernment, through prayer, Lord, are you calling me to take the baton next from Pastor Chuck? It wasn't a foregone conclusion. I really had to ask of the Lord. And I was running one morning praying this, asking God, Lord, is this my assignment? Is this what you want me to pursue? And I was running along down to Connick Road, and this really interesting thing happened. I'm just going to describe it to you. It's, my dad sometimes says I can describe it but not explain it. So I'm going to describe something that happened. <laughs> Jogging along on Taconic Road, asking the Lord, is this what you want? And I heard something audibly. It was a chorus of people, not singing or shouting all at the exact same time, but a lot of people coming from my left side. And I listened, and what were they saying? They were saying, run the race, 
Run with endurance. Run the race marked for you. And it was this whole chorus of, of, of voices all saying similar phrases like that. And I looked over my left shoulder, and I know this sounds weird, but it happened to be right when I was running past the cemetery on Taconic Road. Now, I don't know how that works. My theology doesn't allow for those people to be able to speak from the grave. But something happened that day, and it felt like an affirmation of my calling. I floated home because it was so encouraging. Now, obviously, we all know that the people, the cloud of witnesses who've gone before us from this church, they're not in those graves. They weren't actually calling out to me. No, those people are home. Those people are home. They're in that better country mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. They all make up now the cloud of witnesses that's gone before us, and they had something to say to me that day from their home place, yet they had existed here on the timeline of history before me. They had existed, according to the Bible, as strangers and exiles. Strangers and exiles. We didn't make up that phrase for the sermon series. It's from the Bible. It's from Hebrews chapter 11. They were speaking from home, from glory, from heaven to me, and they speak to all of us now in our time of exile. And what we can learn from Hebrews chapter 11 from those who've gone before us is how to live, how to live during our time as strangers and exiles. We're not home yet. We're still strangers in this world. It's our turn to carry the baton, to run the race marked for us. How do we live? Well, in a word from the great cloud of witnesses from Hebrews 11, we live during this time by faith. We live by faith. That's what they're telling us from glory. And I want us to look at this reading today. Neil read verses 13 through 16. I want us to look at this as we begin to open our ears to hear what the great cloud of witnesses has to say to us during our time of exile. Verse 13, these, meaning all those who've gone before us, they all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. They greeted the promises from afar. What does that mean? It means that they were on the timeline of history at the time Hebrews was written. He's referring back to the people before Christ. They were on the timeline of history anticipating Christ's coming. They could only greet him from afar. They didn't yet see the Messiah. They didn't see Jesus as we get to see him. They had to greet him from afar. It's one of the reasons that they're strangers and exiles because the promise of the Messiah had not yet come home to earth. We are somewhat similar on our position on the timeline of history because we're anticipating, we're greeting from afar, the second coming of Christ. So we're seeing some of the promises fulfilled, but not yet all of them. We are still strangers and exiles here on earth. Verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. We realize, don't we? that this world is not ultimately our home. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago with that observation from C.S. Lewis, who looked around at the whole world and he said, you know, nobody really seems satisfied ultimately here in this world. Maybe that's because we're made, we're destined for another world. 
And when we get to that other world, when we get home, ultimately we will find our satisfaction there. It helps make sense of why we're so dissatisfied here in this world. We are seeking, according to this verse, a homeland. Verse 15, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. I think what the author of Hebrews is saying here is, look, God's calling us to that better place, that better country, that homeland. If we want to keep looking backwards, if we want to look at all that this world has to offer, there's plenty of opportunity to do that. And that's how a lot of people spend their lives, really, just searching for what this world might offer, saying there's opportunity to do that. But, verse 16, but as it, as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. He's prepared for us a better country, a city, a home. It's a place that has to be believed to be seen. You ever go around town with a realtor looking for a new house to live in? And maybe the realtor will say, oh, this next one, you got to see it to believe it. You've heard this phrase, you got to see it to believe it. Well, our heavenly home is different. You got to believe it to see it. (laughs) And so we carry the baton in this part of the human timeline of history, the timeline of human history, waiting for that better country. But how do we live now in our time of exile? According to Hebrews 11, by faith. By faith. Okay, what does that mean? How do we live in our time of exile, knowing this isn't ultimately our home, waiting for that better country? How do we live in the here and now by faith, if only we had just a really crisp definition of what faith is? Oh, we do. The very first verse of the chapter gives us this really helpful definition of faith, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Here's the biblical definition of faith. Now, faith is... The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. It's a beautiful turn of phrase, I think, because if you, these things that are hoped for, these things that are not seen, they almost seem kind of flimsy, right? You hope for something, but you don't know if it's going to come into reality. I had hoped until last week that the Minnesota Vikings would have lasted longer in the playoffs. (laughs) Nancy hoped until last night that the Giants would do the same, and I know some of you felt the pain last night. We hope for things. There's things that are unseen. They seem hard to rely on as a hope, and I love the fact that Bill told us about this thing that we all need as human beings is hope, but hope can sometimes feel like a flimsy, like an airy thing that doesn't have much substance. But that's Not exactly what it's saying here in Hebrews 11, verse 1. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How can we have conviction? How can we have certainty about things that we hope for? Well, he gives this beautiful illustration of that in verse 3. By faith, it says, we understand that the universe was created. The universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen is not made out of things that are visible. You see, this illustration is showing us you already know how to have certainty 
based on something that's not seen, how to have assurance in something hoped for. Look around at the universe, all of the created world around us, everything we see, taste, touch, and smell. It's real. It's here. We can sense it. Yet we know that the entire universe and all of its material reality was created by someone we can't see. You see, that's the assurance of something hoped for, the conviction of something we can't see. It's real, isn't it? We realize that it's real by we look around at the universe, yet we can't see the one who created it. He's invisible to our senses. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's faith. Faith is saying, I know it's real, even though I can't see it. And we live by faith, the great cloud of witnesses who've gone before us, those who held the baton for their leg of the journey. They lived by faith and they call to us from the grave, as it were, from glory, from home. And they say, now it's your turn to do the same. Here's the baton. Here's how to live as strangers and exiles. Live by faith. Now, what I wish I could provide right now is just like a really a really clear example, like an illustration of somebody living by faith, someone who's gone before. But I have something way better than that. There's a whole list of examples. There's a whole list of examples in Hebrews chapter 11. Some of you know this chapter. It's a glorious chapter. It's just by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Moses, just this wonderful list of the cloud of witnesses who's gone before us. And I was thinking as I was preparing the sermon, how could I come up with a good illustration as good as these ones? And obviously I couldn't. So what I would like to do instead is just let the word of God take over the rest of my sermon. I'm just going to read Hebrews 11. It's going to take me about seven or eight minutes going to yield the rest of my time, as they say on the Senate floor. I yield my time to the inspired Word of God. I've chosen some images that will appear on the wall, just artistic depictions of some of the names that you'll hear. I hope it just kind of ignites the imagination for you a little bit. If you're someone like me who's been in the Word of God for many, many years, you'll recognize all the names, all these examples. And if you're new to the Bible, you won't recognize some of them. Well, let that be an invitation to go into the Old Testament and read more about them. There's so much more about their stories. You're just going to hear brief mentions of them from Hebrews 11. So shall we do that? Can we just do a little Bible reading here? As always, before I read the Word of God, I like to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you, Holy Spirit, inspired the author of the book of Hebrews to write these words. And I pray that that very same Holy Spirit who inspired the author would be right here in this room, opening up our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our lives for understanding and application. Amen. A reading from Hebrews chapter 11 through chapter 12, verse 2. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. 
By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, 
when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. But what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong in weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens of caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set out before us. Looking to Jesus, 
the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.